Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a holistic health coach and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, services, programs, and current ebooks. You can also find me on my other podcast, Straight Up Paleo. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. If you'd like to submit a question or topic for me to discuss, send it in to podcast at christinaricewellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and most importantly, enjoy the show. Whoa, what was that? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Welcome to the new podcast, you guys. I don't know if you're shocked or surprised or you expected this to happen, but it just happened. A lot has just happened. So I'm just going to explain everything right now. I rebranded if you didn't understand or know that. So this is part of my giant rebrand. Actually Adultish is now Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I hope that you still stay with me. You still love me for this. I'm very excited about this new name change and this rebrand and where this brand is going to go from here. So I hope that you're excited with me and I guess I should give a little context. I've been podcasting for quite some time now. I think over a year and a half at this point, almost two years. And Actually Adultish started when I was in college. I started it with three friends and it was meant to be a podcast for young adults and talking about college life and all the things that we went through and life adulting, how it was so difficult, blah, blah, blah. And then life happened and I grew and the podcast grew and my interests sort of shifted, but not really. But I just have felt for a while like actually adultish as much as I love it just wasn't on brand with me anymore. And I wanted to take this podcast in sort of a different direction. That being said, the content isn't really going to change at all. It's really not. It's really just because I feel like this better represents me. And I always kind of felt like my content wasn't always exactly what actually adultish was initially meant to be because it's not just about college. It's just about overall wellness, whatever that means. So this is about, you know, healthy living, but also emotional things, relationships too. That's part of wellness and health in my eyes. And I just kind of wanted to rebrand now because I want this podcast to last for as long as I want. And I felt like with Actually Adultish, it almost had this timeline on it. And I've grown a lot in the past year. I've grown a lot since I started that podcast. And so did the podcast. And I just feel like this new name is just so much better representative of me and what I want this podcast to be about and what the guests are going to be about and what these solo episodes are going to be about. So I hope you guys like it. I'm really excited about 
the new intro music. It's sort of a double-edged sword because I truly love and adore that old music. It was created by my dear friend Joey. He wrote he wrote that and made it for me and I it's just so sentimental so it's really sad to hear it go but I also felt like I needed some new music to represent this new chapter with the podcast in my life and along with this rebranding of the podcast came a rebranding of my general brand which by now has happened so I moved everything over from addictedtolovely.com to christinaricewellness.com, which is something I never thought I would do. But you have to understand. See, this is why I love the podcast, because I can sit here and explain to you like why I did everything. So it's been something I've gone back and forth about for a, a while, changing the podcast name and changing my blog name. And it's really hard because, I mean, both of those names, both of those brands are like my babies and got me through some of the most difficult and also wonderful times in my life. And I feel like I am addicted to lovely and people call me that. And I feel like I am actually adultish. Like it's part of me and part of my being. And so that's why for so long, I just thought I cannot ever change the name. Like I just can't. It's part of me, you know, but I have felt sort of disconnected from it and I felt like I've just grown past both of those brands and I wanted to consolidate everything as well because as you know, (laughs) I have so many different things going on and just for my brain space, it's much easier if it's all just in one place. I think for me and for you. So I'm just moving everything over to christinaricewellness.com. So all of my content is still going to be there. It's just going to be at christinaricewellness.com. And that is just much easier for me because, I mean, originally I was, I've been working on launching this new site for quite some time. And this site was meant to just be for my nutritional services and my health coaching services. And then I just, started to realize I can't have 300 websites because at this point I'm dealing with addictedtolovely.com, christinaricewellness.com, actuallyadultish.com, straightuppaleo.com, so many .coms, just so many. And it was just too much. So I decided to just put it all in one place and I'm so happy and excited about this decision and it's going to make my life a lot, e- a lot easier And I think also just better represents what I'm about because I'm not a full-time blogger. And I know people think that, but, you know, my my coaching, my nutrition services, um, that's my job. And I just want everything to be under that brand name because I think that that just much better represents me. And I also think that it's really interesting because so many people now are moving from their brand name to their real names and I think it's a really awesome thing to do because a lot of us came up with these blog names or podcast names a few years ago and even with Instagram it's like everybody has like some kind of cutesy name you know and I think it's great and fun but as you get older you're kind of just like I just want to be me like I don't want to be 
addicted to lovely. I want to be Christina Rice because that's who I am. And I almost felt like I used to use that that blog and that name as a way to hide that I was Christina Rice because somebody could maybe come across it on the internet and they wouldn't know it was me, you know, and this is really just representing like, this is me. I'm not hiding behind a name. I don't need a cutesy name anymore. So it's just really interesting. And I just thought I'd bring that up because I see this happening with a lot of rebranding. And I know you guys like when I talk about the business of blogging and podcast and all of that. So interesting aspect. And I know, unfortunately, that I'm going to lose some followers and some listeners simply because of the name change. And I hate to see anybody go, but also if somebody's going to bounce just because I changed the name to something that just resonates much more with me, then they're probably not my my people. And that's okay. There are so many other incredible podcasts and blogs out there that I hope they enjoy. If you are excited about this and supportive of it, then thank you very much. And I'm so glad you're here. And I'm just very excited for all of the positive things to come. I think this is just the start of a new chapter. And I'm very excited about it. So that's kind of my rebranding explanation for you. And I'm like, I can't stop smiling. I'm like so nervous yet excited about this whole shift. And it's just been so long coming. Like this website was supposed to go out like six months ago. I kid you not. And I've just been waiting for it to happen. So now it is. Yay. Awesome. Okay. If you have any questions about it, definitely ask me. Definitely ask me. That being said, we are now changing everything, obviously. So if you want to submit questions for me to answer or guests or topics for me to talk about, then the new email that you will send that to is podcast at christinaricewellness.com. That is where you submit things. So that's exciting. I don't really think I have any more major life updates surrounding this rebrand besides the fact that I kind of just changed my whole life. But I mean, there we go. Yeah, if you have questions, let me know. So to kick things off with the new name, I thought I would do another solo episode, answer some listener questions And these are coming from the Facebook group, which will be the Wellness Realness Tribe Facebook group. I actually haven't made the Facebook group name change yet as I record this, but it'll probably be that. It'll be Wellness Realness something. So if you're not already in there, hop on in and we can we can be friends and you can submit things there as well. It's going to be amazing. So I guess I'll just, I'll just top in. But I mean, before I start to answer questions, I want to talk about this week's sponsor, Somnifix. You guys know I'm obsessed with Somnifix. And I feel so lucky and grateful that I get to work with them because so many people are sponsored by companies that they don't actually like. 
And I'm obsessed with Somnifix, and I was the one who reached out to them and said, hey, I'm obsessed with you. Please sponsor my podcast so it all works out. Anyways, if you don't know what Somnifix is, it's mouth tape. If you don't know what that is, you're you're probably thinking, who is this weirdo girl? It's fine. I'm going to make this cool. I'm going to make this cool. So mouth tape, you put this over your mouth while you sleep. You basically tape your mouth shut, but don't worry. It's hypoallergenic. It's specially designed to go over your mouth so it doesn't hurt when you rip it off. It's not like ripping a Band-Aid off where you rip off hair on your skin and it hurts and you want to cry. No, it comes off very easily. It's actually specially designed so that you could just kind of pop your mouth open and it'll it'll come off if, if your body doesn't like it. And it also has this special little breathable vent in the front. So you can sort of breathe through the tape, but just, just stick with me here. So you put it over your mouth at night and it basically forces you to breathe through your nose, which is the way we are supposed to breathe. Mouth breathing is really inefficient and it can lead to dry mouth, snoring, drooling, can weaken your immunity, can actually affect, because it affects your sleep when you're breathing through your mouth, it can affect your energy and mood the next day, I swear. But this has been key for me because when you breathe through your nose, this keeps you in parasympathetic state, your rest and digest state while you sleep. And a lot of times people wake up in the middle of the night because their cortisol spikes or their the exit that that parasympathetic state for some reason and we should be able to sleep all the way through the night it's not because you have to pee even if you think it is it's because something else is waking you up so for me this has been a game changer because I'm finally able to sleep a solid eight hours through the night and I feel so much better every day because of it and I notice a huge difference it gets you in a really deep state of REM I have vivid dreams I remember my dreams and I can just feel I just feel so much more rested. So this is huge. And if you know somebody who snores, just give them a box of this because they'll thank you. Trust me. It's seriously a game changer. And everybody who's tried it so far has told me that they love it. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get used to, but don't worry, you'll get used to it. If you find that you wake up and you don't know where it went, you might've taken it off in the middle of the night because without you know noticing because your body just wasn't used to it but give it a week get used to it and I promise this will be a game changer and I love when you guys try it and then you tag me in your stories or your posts about it so I can see awesome we need to make a Somnifix mouth taping revolution and it is a cool new bio- biohacker thing to do so you should join in and if you want to get your Somnifix use the code CRW sleep that's C-R-W-S-L-E-E-P for 15% off. You can get it on Amazon or somnifix.com. So go ahead and check that out. There's lots of research behind this. It's awesome. I love me some Somnifix. So that's that's the exciting news about, I mean, you already know that I love them. So yeah, that helps a lot with my sleep and makes me happy human. And let's just move into some questions, I guess. There's there's no time to waste, is there? So I'm hoping I can get through 
two to three of these. So we'll see. I tend to talk a lot. So somebody just basically wanted me to talk about naturally balancing hormones and also stress. And I mean, this is a very big topic. And what I really want to say, honestly, is I really encourage you to check out my Paleo Women Lifestyle Program because I have a whole module about balancing hormones. And we go really, really in depth with that. And I mean, I guess I'm biased because I created the program, but I think there's a lot of really useful information. But I'm happy to give some basics here on this quick podcast. So how do you know that you have a hormonal imbalance? I mean, so many different symptoms from weight gain to PMS, fatigue, headaches, mood swings, depression, anxiety, digestive problems, brain fog, sugar cravings, you know, problems with managing your weight. Did I say acne? All of, I mean, so many, so many signs of hormonal imbalance. And this is really, really important to address. If you don't know what hormones are, they are chemical messengers in our bodies that are produced by our endocrine glands and they regulate a lot of different processes that go on in our bodies from our appetite to our metabolism to our mood, reproduction. So I'm sure you've heard of some popular hormones like cortisol is probably the most popular, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, you know, all of those. And hormones really just work in balance with each other to keep our body systems working, keep it all good. But we live in a world where there are a lot of threats to hormonal balance. And most people have hormonal imbalances, in my opinion. That's probably a really big sweeping statement. Just but you know how I am. I speak in hyperbole if if you're new here. Um, and there are a lot of different ways to address this. My, my first thing that I think is most important is, you know, changing your diet, optimizing your diet, removing inflammatory foods, and making sure that you're focusing on nutrient-dense whole foods and getting as many different micronutrients as possible and also removing foods that have added hormones in them. So this is where sourcing becomes really important. So if you are consuming animal products and those animals have been injected with hormones, then that's going to get transferred into your body when you eat those animals and same, you know, that's why, you know, dairy can cause hormonal imbalances in some people. There are different foods that are phytoestrogens that you could take into account. Um, just really optimizing your diet, I think is really key when it comes to balancing hormones, but also just being healthy in general. I think it's really important to cut out inflammatory foods. I think it's really important to get rid of the refined foods, the refined sugar, the packaged products, the processed foods. These are all stressors on our bodies. All of these highly inflammatory oils, these oils that are really high in omega-6s and are inflammatory like the vegetable oils, the canola oil, the soybean oil, 
all of these oils that they like to throw in everything, those are highly inflammatory in our bodies. And when you're eating a food that causes inflammation, this can result in a stress response in your body. And this really throws off your hormones. This is contributing to cortisol levels, but also can affect your sex hormones as well, because all of our hormones are affected by each other. And we have to think of our bodies as a system as a whole. It's a whole. And all these different parts work together to keep everything in check. So Reducing that inflammation is really, really important. Sugar, the gluten, the grains, these are all big ones that can be causing an inflammatory response in the body. Another one that not many people think about but I think is important to address is caffeine. So if, I mean, depending on, it really depends on what hormonal issue you're talking about. But I think that some people really benefit from getting off caffeine for a while. Caffeine can affect our adrenals big time, depending on who you are. And sometimes it can be really helpful to cut back off the caffeine, get your cortisol back in check, get your adrenals in check. A lot of people are struggling with adrenal issues, HPA axis dysregulation, and adrenal issues will affect your sex hormones as well. So that is another thing to take into consideration. And also, I think it's very it's very different from person to person, but I think in terms of women especially, figuring out your carbohydrate tolerance and your carbohydrate level, we want to make sure we're balancing out insulin to keep our blood sugar regulated, and we want to make sure that we have enough carbohydrates to support our thyroid which regulates our metabolism and our energy and also we want to make sure we have enough carbohydrates to optimize our sleep but we also don't want too many that it puts us on this blood sugar roller coaster and we just want to make sure that we have that all in check so you know sometimes people find issues when they go too high in carbohydrate or too low in carbohydrate so This is very individual and depends on the person. So I think that's really important. And in optimizing your diet and focusing on whole foods, it's also really important to, you know, support your gut health and make sure that you are protecting that as well because that has a direct impact on our hormones. Our gut flora helps us metabolize and process our hormones and it deals with those. It breaks them down, recycles some, converts others. So getting your gut health in check is really, really important. It's also incredibly important. Just, I mean, like, let's take a step back and think about this. You want to balance your hormones. You want your hormones in check. We don't want to be adding in hormones from our our environments into our bodies, right? Because that's just going to throw your body out of whack. So where are those added in hormones and toxins? So I mean, from a female perspective, the first thing I think of and the most common thing I see is birth control. Are you on hormonal birth control? That's putting hormones in your body and can be throwing off the natural hormonal balance in your system. Also, I mean, I already talked about, you know, the conventional dairy and meat. You want to make sure we're getting well-sourced food. But what about your personal care products? You know, this is why I am so 
into Beauty Counter and doTERRA because I'm really, really passionate about using non-toxic personal care items and house cleaning items. And that is why I am really into those companies and using non-toxic makeup, safe makeup, because so many makeup products, personal care items, you know, makeup, skincare, body wash, shampoo, conditioner, hand wash. What about, you know, your what you clean your house with, um, your, what's it called? Your dish soap, your laundry detergent, all of these things. If you go to Target and pick out the most popular brand, I can pretty much guarantee you that it's filled with hormone disruptors. And all of these toxins really disrupt our hormonal balance. And at the root of this, it's like we just want to reduce inflammation because inflammation throws off our body systems. And all of these toxins are creating inflammation in our bodies. And you have to understand that what you put on your skin and what you ingest, what you breathe in in the air is going into your system. Your skin is an incredibly large organ and it soaks in, you know, what you put on it. So that is something that's really, really important to recognize. And if you are, you know, having trouble switching over to non-toxic brands, if you're interested in Beauty Counter and doTERRA, this is why I'm such a big advocate. If you need help, you can always email me at Christina at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Feel free to ask me about, you know, skincare or personal care products recommendations. I'm happy to give you my advice about that. Same with doTERRA essential oils. I have an essential oils starter guide on my website. A lot of information there. You can also ask me about it. So many resources for you if you if you're interested in that. And those aren't definitely are not the only brands. Those are just the ones that basically all of my products are from. But there are a lot of great resources. I recommend using the website ewg.org slash skin deep to look up different products that you use and the environmental working group has compiled basically this big database of a bunch of different products and it rates them on a scale of one to nine one being safe and nine being very toxic and you want most of your products to be ones and twos and if things are up there on the scale then eh, you might want to you know, think twice about that. So that's something to look into and they don't have every single product, but it's a really good place to start cross-referencing. I also just want to say before I forget, just in terms of essential oils, that there are a few that are particularly excellent for balancing hormones. So Clary Sage, I would say, is the queen when it comes to balancing hormones I also really like using geranium and frankincense oils and lavender as well. So clary sage is like number one and I will rub this on my lower abdomen once a day. I'll usually do a blend of those, but the one I really like is there's a blend called clary calm from doTERRA and it's a rollerball and I will apply that to my abdomen and it has just a bunch of great oils for hormone balance and that product clary calm is actually specifically designed to be a monthly blend quote monthly blend but really 
I feel like every woman should be using it. And it's especially helpful if you have PMS symptoms or pain surrounding your period. But I also really recommend it for people who maybe are struggling with regulating their period for amenorrhea, any of that. Lavender in general is amazing and a pretty standard oil and that can be extremely useful for reducing your cortisol levels as well. I love to apply lavender to my pillow before I go to sleep. I'll diffuse it. I will also apply it to my wrists, the bottom of my foot. So those are some just quick essential oil recommendations. The other thing is making sure that you are cooking with safe cookware. So, you know, getting rid of your Teflon, your aluminum foil, switching to glass Tupperware, trying not to use plastic as often. And, you know, these might seem like overwhelming changes. It's not like you can never use plastic Tupperware again, but I mean, what are you using in your everyday life? Let's think about that. I think that's really, really important. The other thing that I really want to talk about in terms of balancing your hormones is obviously stress. I mean, cortisol is the number one thing that needs to be balanced. I mean, the person who asked this question, I'm not sure if she was asking this in the context of sex hormones or cortisol but I mean those are the two I'm thinking of because those are usually the two that come to mind when or what most people are asking about when they when they feel like they have a hormonal balance imbalance but in terms of stress I mean no one wants to hear this but it really is lifestyle changes so looking at your life and seeing what is stressing you out so first of all Making sure you're getting enough sleep, making sure you're getting good deep sleep. Shout out to Somnifix. You should get some of that. Make sure you're getting enough sleep. Make sure you're getting eight hours a night, maybe more. You know, make sure you're allowing allowing your body to rebuild and repair. That is huge with reducing cortisol. You know, stress relieving activities throughout the day. Maybe that means some meditation. Maybe that means some calm walks around the block. Maybe that just means some time periods where you're taking a deep breath, breathing it in, letting it go. Maybe it means some journaling. Maybe it means just prioritizing time with friends and family, finding a time where you can turn off your brain and truly relax. I think so many of us go through life just stressed, you know, we're just so stressed out, but we should really make de-stressing a priority you know maybe, maybe this means taking a bath you know maybe doing a face mask but it doesn't have to be that it can literally just be maybe you just want to sit outside and turn off your phone I think that getting away from the phone screens is really important I think a real life human interaction is incredibly important I think that we also really need to take a step back and think about the relationships in our lives and our commitments so many of us run around with relationships and commitments that we don't actually like but we're just used to them and comfortable with them so we just kind of let them be because that's just kind of the way it is and you don't have to stay in a relationship with anyone or anything 
if you don't like it like that, you know, people don't believe that, but it's true. I mean, you know what? I'm going to get into this in a minute. We'll come back to the relationships. The other thing I really think is important to address in terms of balancing your hormones is your activity level. So somehow I feel like most people I come across are either exercising way too much or way too little. (laughs) So Exercise is very healthy and very important and can be great to help relieve stress. And it's incredibly important for our overall health. But when you do too much, that has the opposite effect. So exercise is a stressor on the body. Not all stressors are bad. It's good in small doses. But if you are already a highly strung person and you're doing these really intense, high intensity workouts, you know, six days a week, then we need to take a step back. Or if you are trying to do high intensity workout for an hour and a half, like that is way too long. You know, you're, you're just, you're spiking your cortisol and you're letting it stay high. And that is really, really going to affect you. And you're going to burn out eventually. And the issue is that when people you know, sometimes people feel like they can sustain this, you know, they don't realize that they're overdoing it, then they do it for too long. And then it's not until months, maybe years later that they see the repercussions. And it's unfortunate. And somebody also asked me to talk about belly fat, weight gain. For most people, if you actually have too much belly fat, for your body that it's unhealthy, then that is usually a stress response. It's your cortisol is out of balance. So you need to get your cortisol in check. Um, And this often happens when people have been basically burning themselves out for too long and then it eventually catches up to them. And that is the first place that it's going to go to your body, like the belly. That is cortisol and that is the first place because that is where your body wants the fat to make it feel safe and your body has been feeling unsafe for far too long so it's really about getting cortisol in check and letting your hormones balance out and dealing with those hormonal issues and I can't reiterate this enough but your cortisol levels your adrenals are affected by both internal and external stressors. So this is about what we are eating, what how we're exercising, how we are interacting with people in our daily lives, our emotional responses to things that happen in our lives, but also internal factors like underlying inflammation. So if you have a gut infection, for instance, if you have a bacterial overgrowth, if you have an autoimmune condition, you know, if there's something going on internally that your body is trying to fight, maybe your immune system is being engaged, that is a stressor that's going on as well. So this is another potential reason behind the belly fat, for instance. I mean, it goes back to what I was talking about before, making sure you get your gut health in check, but just your your overall health. So if you're dealing with some kind of illness or underlying infection, then whether that be in your gut or something else, um, that is something that should be addressed first because that could be what is stressing your body out and causing 
it to want to hold on to fat in the belly region. The other thing that you have to understand though about belly fat is I find that a lot of women, a lot of women have this image in their head that they are meant to have six pack abs. And as women, we are sort of meant to carry more weight in our bodies. That's a sign of fertility. That's letting our bodies know that we are ready to reproduce, that it's okay for us to reproduce and that our hormones are you know, in balance. We have enough fuel. We'll have enough food to support a child. So I think there's also this issue of general body dysmorphia amongst the female population thanks to popular media and things that we see on Instagram and Facebook and in magazines and on television. And a lot of girls or fitness stars that you're seeing out there who have just literally straight, flat, you know, six-pack abs, nothing at all. I mean, that's sometimes people are genetically like that, you know, but for a lot of those people, their hormones are very off. That comes at a price. Maybe that maybe that girl hasn't had her period in years. You know, maybe her hormones are just completely out of whack. Maybe it just hasn't caught up to her yet. Maybe in 10 years, it's going to catch up to her and she's going to gain 30 pounds and not know what to do. And like our bodies are very smart and they are designed to do whatever they need to do to make us safe. And they will have periods of time where they just kind of shut things off so that they can get through the current moment. And then they switch it back on when they feel like they're in a healing mode. And a lot of women have a tough time going through the healing portion of things because generally sometimes sometimes in order to heal I'm going to be straight up blunt sometimes in order to heal we have to gain weight and we have to go through that period of time and do the work and then our bodies balance out and this is something very common that I see and it's hard for people to swallow but I'm just going to give it to you straight up if you have been undernourishing yourself, overtraining yourself, overstressing yourself out for too long, then like that took however long and now you have to do the work to get yourself back to where you want to be. And sometimes it's hard and uncomfortable, but I promise you that so many people are going through this and the sooner you you do the work to balance your hormones, to reduce your cortisol, to make these lifestyle changes, then it's, you know, it's going to be better. So do it sooner rather than later and just kind of stick through it and recognize that a lot of what you see in the media is total bullshit. It's total bullshit. And you don't know that that person is healthy. That person probably isn't. That person that you're comparing yourself to, they're probably not actually healthy. So I think this is also related to redefining what you think of as health. Because to me, that is not the same. Health is not the same as being super, super skinny. I'll tell you, when I was my skinniest, when I had abs, I was the most unhealthy. I was the most unhappy person. I had no friends, no life. I felt like a crazy person. And I hate for anybody to chase that ideal because what an image you see in the media is not the full picture. And if there's anything I can do or say that would help people understand that more, please let me know because I just, 
I'm desperate for people to really understand because it wasn't until I experienced it myself and started meeting people in real life in Los Angeles, for instance, and found out the real story that I started to realize, wow, everyone's bullshitting and I do not want to be that person. Like, I want to be happy and healthy. So sorry, that was a tangent, but that's that. And a lot of this with the cortisol and the belly fat, you know, like the hormones, this is deep emotional work. So every type of stress is a stressor. So it's not just about, you know, what are you eating? What are you doing for workouts? What are you, you know, are you taking walks? Are you calming down? Are you meditating? It's also about just like, how are you thinking about things and interpreting things that happen in your life? Do you love yourself? If you don't love yourself, if you're stressing out about the way you look, if you're stressing out about your relationships, if you're stressing out about your job, if you're stressing out about gaining weight, that is still a stress. When you stress out about weight, you are increasing your cortisol and then it's just a big cycle. So a lot of this has to do with a lot of deep inner work and just learning to love yourself. I'm sorry, as woo as that sounds, it's it's true. It's so true. This is why having somebody to talk to is so useful. I'm such a big believer in therapy. I'm such a big believer in therapy or coaching or just if you can't do that, having a friend that you really do trust and that you can be 100% yourself with and open and honest or if not journaling is so powerful because it's just a space where you can just brain dump and say anything you want and the more you get in touch with yourself and that allows you to just learn to love yourself and that is at the root of really reducing those cortisol levels sorry that got super deep but it's what we're gonna that's how we're gonna do it (laughs) I feel like this is a good segue into sort of the next general topic that I wanted to talk about that a few people asked about was, you know, talking about relationships. So romantic relationships, platonic relationships, female friendships, friendships with between men and women, all of these things, partnerships, which is like a huge topic. And If you have specific questions related to this, I think that would help me sort of focus. (laughs) But I will just start off with, I mean, what's on my mind? I guess we'll just start off with friendships in our lives and something that someone mentioned was dealing with losing friends as you get older and you grow as your own person. This is something that's, I think, really hard about getting older that people don't talk about a lot and it ties back into honestly de-stressing and removing relationships from your life that are no longer serving you and allowing that to open up space in your life for new, better, more fulfilling relationships to enter. So it took me a really, really long time to fully be okay with the idea of really just totally letting go of relationships that weren't serving me because first of all it can take a long time to realize when a relationship might not be the best for you and then even when you do realize it it takes a lot of courage to sort of end it because you feel like you don't know what your life is like without that person 
whoever they may be, whether it's a friend, um, a romantic relationship, somebody in your family. And I'm not sure how this idea got so imprinted in our brains, but I think that a lot of us feel obligated to stay in relationships. So maybe we become friends with somebody and we've been friends with them, you know, since elementary school or since middle school for forever. So they just, they're just part of your life, right? So you feel like that's just the way it is. Maybe this person stresses you out and gets you so annoyed and frustrated, but you know, they're just there and you feel like, well, that's just how it's going to be. They're just going to be there. Or this happens with family as well. You know, maybe there's somebody in your family who just treats you like shit or makes you feel like a piece of shit and you still put up with it. You feel like I still have to go to Christmas. I still have to see them at Thanksgiving. I just have to put up with it. Oh, you know, that's just Aunt Susie. That's just Uncle Andrew, I don't know, I'm just making names up, but you know, you just think like that's just the way it is. And then we subject ourselves. And when I take a step back and really think about it, like, especially in terms of holidays, I don't understand why it's become so commonplace for us to spend days that are supposed to be about love and happiness and gratefulness and just happy days, why we're expected to spend them with anybody other than the people who actually make us feel that way. So when it comes to holidays, so many people go to family functions or even functions with friends and it's just a drag, you know, I don't want to be around all those people. It's stressful. They're stressed about how people are going to act and blah, blah, blah. And why is that the standard? If they're making you feel stressed out and not excited about the day, then why is it so common for us to be spending those days with them? You know, I just think it's so messed up. And just because we're used to something going a certain way doesn't mean we have to stick with the status quo, so to speak. But deviating from that status quo does take a lot of courage because then you have to deal with the backlash and then the guilt trips and blah 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 same with friendships you know if you all of a sudden just decide you know sometimes we feel like we need a specific reason so I've had this experience before where I've had friends who are close friends and maybe there's not one specific thing that person did to piss me off or make me upset or warrant ending the friendship in my head but maybe I just don't feel good around them maybe I'm just tired of being around them maybe they're just emotionally draining and I don't have a specific reason I just am not feeling it I'm not vibing I just feel like it's a chore to have to spend time with them or talk to them at that point it's not a relationship that's serving you and you are not obligated to maintain that relationship especially when it's one-sided, I see so many people and I have been in so many friendships like this as well where it's just a one-sided relationship and we just sort of let it let it go. But what you have to understand is when you continue to put up with a one-sided relationship, you are reinforcing this person's behavior and you are teaching them that it is okay for them to treat you that way. So if they're not giving you enough attention, enough respect, enough loyalty, enough whatever, just enough time, enough effort, then no, you know, it's, and that's a tricky thing too. Also, I just think like it's about becoming in check with your own emotions and how you feel towards other people and really being honest with yourself. Because this is the thing I know in my life, just any relationship that feels like work to me 
is not one that I want to maintain. A, a friendship should not feel like it's hard work. If I feel like I'm always reaching out, I'm always putting forth effort, it's always me, 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 no thank you. But at the same time, this might seem really counterintuitive, but I think that relationships should be easy. So I really don't understand people who feel the need to talk to everybody else all the time. I think that this also ties back to somebody who's afraid of being alone and doesn't know how to sit in the silence with themselves and be comfortable with themselves. So the sign of an amazing friendship for me personally, this is going to be different for everybody. But for me personally is, you know, if I can, I have friends who truly get me when we're together, it's just easy. And we can talk about anything. So whether that's something really surface level or usually not usually we just jump to the deep stuff and it's easy and I feel open I don't feel like I have to hedge what I say I don't have to be guarded I don't have to worry about what I'm saying I don't have to hide my successes or my failures I can just be myself but I don't have to talk to that person every day day in and day out to still feel that way so you know when I have a friend who it's like I could maybe not see you or talk to you in a year and then as soon as we do talk or see each other again and we just pick up where we left off that's how I know it's strong and I think that people who feel like they have to be in constant communication with somebody to maintain a strong relationship I think this is just my opinion I think it speaks to the individual in that they are feeling insecure with themselves and insecure in that relationship because it shouldn't be that hard. You know, my friends know that if I don't talk to them for two weeks, it's not because I don't like them. It's just because I'm busy and I don't feel like I need to talk to somebody for them to know that I love them and care about them. And, you know, you shouldn't have to have that constant validation from somebody because this ties back into being able to validate yourself and love yourself and not seeking outside approval from other people. I also feel like it's a really juvenile mindset because it reminds me of like middle school and high school where people thought they were cool based on the number of friends they had or, you know, just like their social network or who was hanging out with people the most often and always doing things. And it, it it's, it's just like it really reminds me of sixth grade, <laughs> honestly, when people kind of act like that you know they have to be hanging out with somebody every day of the week and every weekend has to be filled with things and they have to be texting somebody all the time and in my head I'm just thinking okay why are you so concerned with busying yourself with other people because half of those connections there's I just don't believe that those connections are as deep as they could be because there's no way you have enough time to cultivate enough of a relationship with yourself let alone like the best I'm just about quality over quantity so I would rather have one amazing incredible friend who really gets me and I can focus on than 50 random acquaintances who aren't really ever filling my cup up and every time we talk it's just catching up it's oh how are you doing oh are you going to this like what have you been up to and I'm just like uh Anyone who knows me knows I hate small talk. It's my biggest pet peeve. <laughs> but okay, getting off track. So let's go back to losing friends as you get older. So to me, if you're getting older and you're recognizing that a friendship is no longer serving you and you don't really know what to do, 
this is what we need to realize. I think it's a really good sign if as you get older, you find that your relationships are changing and maybe you don't want to spend as much time with those people anymore. That doesn't mean like I think everybody should ditch all their old friends. No, no, no. But it's about being in tune with who is and who isn't keeping up with you. So I think that when your relationships change, that is a sign that you as a person are growing and people who do, who should be staying in your life with you are people who can either grow alongside you or cheer you on as you grow and still love you. People who are holding you back shouldn't be in your life. I've dealt with this a lot in terms of my health situation and my personality changed a lot and business as well. So we'll start with the health and personality things because when I, you know, basically I struggled with binge eating disorder and that kind of launched me into just trying to be a healthier person. And all of a sudden I was somebody who, you know, was the girl who would go out for ice cream every night at midnight and would eat a McDonald's every day and laid on the couch and just watched crap TV every single day and hated exercise to somebody who liked going outside and liked going on walks and wanted to eat healthy and enjoyed physical activity and was interested in all of these fringe wellness activities. And I mean, I kind of just totally switched personalities overnight and it wasn't really overnight. It was over like two or three weeks, but it kind of was. And then over time, I've just gotten more and more entrenched into health and wellness. And if you met me like 10 years ago, you wouldn't even believe that I'm the same person. And I know I can't even think about it. And so it's really hard when honestly, anybody who knew me before, before middle of college, I mean, those relationships got really strained. Not not everybody, but I would say about 95% of them. And I lost almost all of my friends just because it was that we didn't have anything in common anymore. And the ones that stuck with me not aren't necessarily other people who are also interested in health and wellness the way I am, but they're people who respected my growth and found it was interesting and in that we connected over something else, something much deeper than just these surface level things that all of these other, you know, quote friends who weren't really friends, things we thought we had in common. You know, so many relationships, especially in high school and college, are simply just out of convenience. And most people don't don't want to admit that or even in work in the workplace, it's just who you're surrounded by. And, you know, in college, for instance, what do you guys have in common besides the fact that you maybe are in the same sorority or fraternity or you live in the same dorm room or you're all going to the same party so you all want to pregame together and at work it's like maybe you guys all have cubicles next to each other or maybe you're just friends with somebody because you have a mutual friend but you two don't really connect on anything deeper so many relationships in our lives are just out of convenience and quote proximity proximity physically but also now technologically and because those relationships are so convenient we feel like okay let's become friends this is its own tangent but if you look at you know research behind the psychology of what attracts people to each other 
um, in romantic relationships and also friendships, the two most important factors are proximity and similarity. So, wow, look at me. My college degree (laughs) actually came up. No, I'm just kidding. I learned a lot of valuable things in college, but that's a whole other tangent. Proximity and similarity. So we as humans, you know, all this technology is, is pretty recent in terms of our overall history. And, you know, how did people find their husband or wife or their best friend? It was somebody who lived across the street or down the hall in our building. And then people who we found a similarity with. So maybe we had the same hobby. Maybe we had the same job. Maybe, you know, those two kind of go in hand in hand. Um, people are also tend to be attracted to people who look like them or look like somebody they already love. So maybe it looks, they look like a family member you have, which is really interesting. Or maybe they look like your dog. <laughs> we all know this. Um, Anyway, so this is like a natural part of human nature, but we are privileged with the ability now, it's a privilege and a curse to have access to so many different people. And for me, this has been really, really life-changing because most of my closest friends don't live anywhere near me and I never would have found them without this access to technology. And I spent... And I definitely, I mean, I definitely have a few very close friends who are in proximity to me that I love, but just in general, I have a lot, a lot of my closest friends don't live in my city or my state, you know, some don't even live in my country (laughs) and that's incredible. And we connect on much deeper things than the people who I was friends with just because of the fact that we went to the same school or we were in the same club or we worked together necessarily. So it's about recognizing what those deeper connections are about. Those are the people who you should stick with. It's a double-edged sword though because you also can't live your life with just only online relationships. You have to have in-person connection to get those Happy hormones truly flow in. Our, our brains are designed to feel good and happy and connected socially through real life, in-person human connection, human touch, like physical touch. So that's something to keep in mind as well. But I just think that it's really important to take a step back and understand why you're friends with somebody. I think back to a lot of friendships I had most of my life, and I realized that almost all of them were pretty messed up because I felt almost trapped. There were not many people who I felt like I could just 100% be open and honest with. I I have major trust issues with people because of so many people who have screwed me over in the past and, you know, friends, family, everybody in between, like, that sticks with you. And I sort of learned at a young age to just not trust people because it was safer that way. But I also just felt like that was how it was meant to be. And I also spent so much of my life feeling like there was something wrong with me because I felt like I never really connected with the people around me. Like I just kind of always felt like I was alone on an island and other people didn't get me, but that was just kind of, it was me because how come everybody else got along and everybody else was friends with each other. And maybe I wasn't invited to something or I was invited, but I felt kind of just off. I wasn't you know, fully part of the group or 
all of this stuff. And I tried for so long just to force it, to force being part of the group. I thought if I just tried harder, maybe people would like me more. If I said certain things, maybe they would like me. And even when people did like me, when I was part of the group, I still wasn't happy, you know, because I think I didn't realize at the time it was just because we weren't connecting on anything real. I also think that friendships with women, I mean, I can speak from my own perspective because I am a woman, so I don't know what it's like for, you know, men with relationships with other men, like your friends, how that is growing up. But I know for me, as a girl growing up, I had a really hard time because girls are bitchy. Girls are catty. You know, every time growing up, I felt like I had a secret. I didn't want to tell anybody because they thought that they would use it against me because the few times I did trust people, they did use it against me or would screw me over or steal my ideas. And I dealt with this even in college, you know, like I had one of my people who I just never thought would do like people who I consider my best friend best friends would one one of them tried to steal my job you know another has tried to basically steal boys I was dating people will copy my business ideas after I you know share them with them in confidence and something I'm excited about I just felt like anytime I was excited about something and I shared it with somebody it got torn down. It got somebody tried to steal it from me or take it from me or make it less than or outdo me. And I was just kind of just felt like giving up. Like, all right, <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> fine. Let me just, I'll either just not share it with anybody or if I share it, expect to be fucked over. And it, it's really defeating. I'm realizing I got really off track, but this is kind of just going back to the idea of like, I've had so many friendships and relationships like this. And it was like, I mean, thinking about it now, there are so many instances of people fucking me over when I'm like, okay, that warrants the end of a friendship. But in my head, I felt like they have to do something big for for a friendship to end because otherwise I don't have a reason and that's not true at all. If you're just not vibing with somebody, if it feels like work, then you don't have to stay in that relationship. That to me is just as bad as if they did something big and horrible and then you stayed in the relationship it is draining to be in a relationship that is not making you feel good whether or not you fully realize it but I also spent so long just staying in friendships like that where I was quote best friends with somebody and we got along so well and we had so much fun and it was great but then there are also these you know, there were these really high highs, but then these really low lows where then all of a sudden, you know, when something important happened in my life, I was nervous to tell them. I didn't want to tell them, but then I felt guilty that I didn't want to tell them, but I didn't want to tell them because I was scared she would, you know, take it away from me or copy me or steal it or try and mess it up or downplay it. Or I just, I wanted to protect it. And that is so messed up when you feel like that. And I think the problem with people and relationships and friendships in general is when they just keep going back and back to the same person that's not making them feel good. And this might be, you know, you can disagree, that's fine, but this is my opinion. And it's like (laughs) relationships, I just don't think are, they're just, I don't think they're supposed to be hard and tumultuous. I just don't. I had a friend um, who I 
considered to be my best friend and I ended our friendship just because it was just too many times of her stabbing me in the back and what's so messed up is I think girls nowadays don't even I don't know if they just don't realize they're stabbing each other in the back or if they just don't care if this has just become so common and I just sat her down and I started crying I said these are all the things you've done to me and I just can't do this anymore and it's like I've gone back and forth between just putting up with it just telling you this isn't cool anymore but we need to be like we can be friends but we can't this can't happen anymore but then I just realized I just have to end it because as soon as you in for me personally when I keep going back to a person even after I have a talk with them I tell them how I'm feeling if I keep going back that's just letting them know that they can still walk all over me and I'll still forgive them and I think that forgiveness is incredibly important but there's just a fine line between knowing who you can forgive and continue to maintain a relationship with and who you can forgive but you need to move on from that's really really hard to figure out but that was the friendship where I just realized early and deeply because this has been something that I mean I was slowly slowly getting towards my whole life and everybody I've always been like this my whole life kind of somebody who people know me as you know if you get on my bad side like it's over like I have that reputation amongst my family and friends and people know that um but I still always give way too many chances in my opinions. And that's not, I don't think that's a good thing to be. I don't like, it's not always true. I definitely give second chances, but I've learned who actually can change and who probably won't. And I have also learned that I have to protect myself. And that, that friendship that I was just mentioning, that was really a really big turning point for me because I realized like, I put off ending that friendship for so long because she was my best friend and we had so many incredible, amazing times and we were together when we were together and everything was good. It was great. And I didn't, you know, like I loved hanging out with her and we were so close and she knew more about me than any other person. And I felt like that should make up for all of the other shitty things she did, but I was just so afraid to end it. And I felt like, and then I told her, I was like, I can't be friends with you anymore. And that was so scary to say. But after that, I felt like a hundred pounds had been taken off my shoulders. And after that, I felt like that then allowed me to open the doors up for new friendships and new relationships in my life because I really believe that the universe doesn't give us new opportunities unless we open ourselves up to them. And that might sound woo-woo, whatever. I have just experienced this so often in my own life and it's like when I see people relationships who you know maybe they they broke up with somebody but they're still kind of holding on and it's just an emotional thing honestly until you emotionally let go of somebody I swear the universe knows and it's also subliminal it's like you it's this unconscious thing where because you're still holding on to them you are not really open to everything else that could be happening in your life. You're not allowing something new to happen in your life. And you're not noticing those other people around you who you could be engaging with in a much better way. I think that if I hadn't ended that friendship, I would never have found other relationships that now are so much deeper and better and don't make me feel shitty half the time. They're just all good and all love and 
I wouldn't have been open to those had I not ended that relationship. I just have learned that I have no room in my life for anything that's not making me feel good. You don't owe anyone yourself. Like you don't owe anyone anything. (laughs) You need to do what makes you feel good. Even if that's awkward, you know, this even has to do with family, which is a whole other topic. I just want to maybe, I feel like I should do a whole nother episode about this. So I, but I just want to end with, I mean, I want to talk about the, the girls thing really quickly because I also realized that so many women, and this isn't something that ends. I think we kind of stereotype it as a high school, middle school, high school thing, even college thing, but it's, it's not, this continues. I see it in women who are 25, 35, 45, 50. You know, I've worked in offices where everybody around me are 50 and 60 year old women and they're sadly often just as catty, um, just as backhanded and it's really messed up, but this doesn't just go away. It, it's not always some, sometimes it's a function of age, but it's really a function of maturity and not everybody matures. And at the root of it, my opinion is that it's, um, a result of insecurity inside yourself when you feel the need to tear others down, to backstab, to not truly be congratulatory on other people's successes, to not really be grateful, to not actually want the best for other people. I feel like this is such a typical girl thing where you you hate somebody when you see that they're successful in something else, whether that be you're, you're jealous of the way they look, you're jealous of their boyfriend, you're jealous of this job they got, you're jealous of you know, that outfit, you're jealous of their friendship with somebody. It, this this jealousy, this this hatred is rooted in an insecurity with yourself. And I know I know this personally because I was honestly like oh I feel like a <laughs> I feel like I used to be the biggest bitch. Like growing up, like when I was in like when I was in like fifth grade, I felt like I was such a bitch because I just hated myself. I was so insecure. And then throughout my life, I think that, I mean, going through depression, and anxiety humbled me a lot. But then even at times I would notice these emotions in myself or these feelings I had towards other girls. I would see them and I would get jealous or upset. And I, I knew it as it was happening. Like I'm feeling this. I, I was feeling this way because I was still so insecure with myself and I didn't love myself and I was still just so unhappy inside emotionally with myself. And because of that, and I didn't want to admit it at the time, it took me a long time to really get to this place. And it wasn't until I feel like I really, really found myself in college when I basically almost died because I was so skinny and I was still, you know, my health was on the line. And I was still worried about what other people would think about me. And I was still worried about I was still afraid to to gain weight for a good portion of that until I got kicked in the ass and realized, okay, whoa. But that was really, really humbling and made me realize how messed up it was. And my whole health journey forced me to find myself and get in touch with myself. And I learned to love myself on a much deeper level. And it wasn't until that that I, I figured out what it was like to truly be excited about the success and the happiness of people around me because the truth is that misery loves company and 
when you are unhappy with your life, when you're unhappy with yourself, oftentimes we take that out on other people and we don't want to see other people have that happiness that we so much want for ourselves. And instead of doing that work in our own lives, we just want to tear other people down. Well, guess what? (laughs) There is enough success and happiness and beauty to go around for every single person. And somebody else, if something good happens in their life, that doesn't reduce the chances of something good happening in yours. If anything, it's like, like, because I feel like I've made, it's hard for me to even wrap my head around it now because I understand things so much better. Like I'm, when I'm genuinely happy for my friends and I think I don't even understand how I used to, like if this had happened 15 years ago, I sound so old, 10 years ago, (laughs) five years ago, I probably would have, this little voice in my head would have been like, damn it, I'm pissed she got that or she got to do that. Why not me? I'm not good enough, blah, blah, blah. And I remember that voice and it's hard to get rid of that voice. And that's why it kills me when I see people like, you know, I've interacted with 60 year old women who are so catty. And I just think, have you really not by now taken the time to learn to love yourself, get in touch with yourself? And when you finally do love yourself, it's really easy to be happy for the other people around you. And it just makes things so much easier. And it's really easy for you to figure out which relationships need to stay and which need to go. Because when you love yourself, you're not willing to compromise what you need to be happy and stay that way. And you recognize that there is always more good in the world because what happens is we get we get worried that if we uh, if we lose this then nothing else better will come along right what if nothing else better comes along what if, what if i'm alone well let me tell you if you believe nothing else better is going to come along then it won't but if you believe it will it will and what if you're alone so what why is that scary if you love yourself and you're good with yourself then being alone is awesome too and people in your life shouldn't be necessary for you to feel whole or complete. You should feel whole and complete on your own. And then those other people are just extra fun additions that make things even better. I don't know where to end this. I don't know if this discussion was interesting or not, but nobody really had any specific questions. They just said, oh, just talk about relationships. So that was just me ranting about it. Um, yeah. So I'm going to end there for now. But I love talking about relationships and friendships and family and all of that. And if you have specific questions, please let me know. You can send them into the podcast at podcast.christinaricewellness.com or you can post questions on any of my recent Instagram posts, all of that. And I hope you guys enjoyed this and I hope you are supportive and happy for my (laughs) rebrand. oh man things always tie back in right so i hope you like it i hope that you can be excited with me because i'm so happy about it and here's to a new chapter with the wellness realness podcast i'm honored that you came and joined me today i hope you have an amazing day week life and if you like this please leave a rating interview on itunes It means a lot. That would help me out and spread the word about the pod. That would mean a lot to me. Okay. Hope you enjoyed. I will talk to you again next.